Welcome back to Ground Up Sermons. This week's sermon reflects on a selection from Psalm 22 and pieces from Mark chapter 8 and 9. In Psalm 22, following on the hymn of despair that Jesus utters on the cross, we hear the psalmist express hope in the ultimate victory of God. Moving over to Mark chapter 9, we hear the story of Jesus asking his disciples who people say that he is, and ultimately asking them who they say that he is. Peter answers correctly, saying that Jesus is the Messiah. And only moments later, when Jesus begins to unpack for them what that means for him to be the Messiah, Peter pulls him aside and rebukes him, to which Jesus turns and tells Peter to get behind him, Satan. A little later, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up the Mount of Transfiguration, and there appears with him Elijah and Moses. After this scene, Peter, James, and John hear the voice of God from heaven boom out, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to him. The sermon this week will reflect on what it means to again and again listen to God, especially in the midst of so many loud clanging cymbals and noisy gongs, the chaos that surrounds us, and all the voices and sounds that vie for us to listen to them. What does it mean for us to listen to God? This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. That's a great idea, isn't it? There's Jesus, and we listen to him. I doubt anybody in this room or watching or listening with us would dispute the idea that it is a good and holy practice to listen to Jesus. And yet, it's that practice of listening to Jesus that can be tremendously difficult. I did a little research this week looking into all of the things that we could possibly listen to in a given day. Did you know that in a given day, you interact with somewhere between 4,000 and 10,000 ads every single day? Now you might say that is, that, that's ridiculous. There's no way that I interact with between 4,000 and 10,000 ads a day, but um, 
just by a uh, quick call out a couple quick things. Um, what brand toothpaste do you use? Crest. 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 Oh, we got a Crest crowd here. Sensodyne. Okay. Any Colgate users out there? Okay, good. That's what Jesus loves, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> that tube of toothpaste that sits on your, right, right next to your sink, guess what that is? That's an ad. Smart, talented people have carefully designed that packaging with its colors, its font, and its messaging to make you believe, not unlike the dress that Kai referenced earlier, that that toothpaste is the one that people who truly care about their teeth will use, and all the others have it wrong. So in a given day, you interact with somewhere between 4,000 and 10,000 ads. And in fact, they're doing their job really well when you don't actually recognize that you are interacting with the ad. Because if you know you're interacting with an ad, you can do like you do on Facebook and just skip the little ad thing to get to your video. So you interact with between 4,000 and 10,000 ads a day. And your brain, to make sense of all of this, has to either pay attention to them or completely write them off. That's why when you go to the store and you see your brand of toothpaste that you use, you're drawn to it. Because your brain has clicked on subconsciously to pay attention to that color scheme, to that uh, font type, and to pay attention to that ad. And so a lot of those 4,000 to 10,000 ads, your brain just sort of weeds out. But like any good infomercial, wait, there's more. In addition to the 4,000 to 10,000 ads you interact with a day, the average American receives 121 emails. Isn't that fun? Who loves emails? Oh, yeah, spam, yeah, yeah, just send it all to the spam folder. No one loves, I mean, no one really loves emails, right? But on average, 121 emails. On average, the average American receives 41 text messages. If you're a teenager, I imagine that number kicks up significantly, right? In addition, you have 27 conversations with someone a day, on average. That might just be as simple as a, hi, how are you? How's your mama and them? It's a conversation. Continuing on, you have an average of five phone calls a day and an average of two meetings a day. In addition to all of these numbers, on average, the standard American spends 142 minutes a day on social media. That's things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, which I don't really even know what that is, uh, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that I don't even know what they are anymore. Now, not to be outdone, the average American spends more than four hours a day watching TV. 
And the average American, you ready for this? This is, the, this is the most fun number right here. The average American spends 15 minutes a day reading a book. And that number balloons to an astounding 18 minutes on the weekend. I know, right? Shocking. It is kind of sad that reading books is so far down the list, right? But nonetheless, when you, when you stop and you look at all of us between ads and emails and text messages and phone calls and meetings and conversations, social media and TV, literally every minute of your waking day is spent interacting with messaging that communicates something to you. And yet one more fun fact about messaging. Just think for a moment, because it's different for everybody else, but think what your final 15 minutes of your day, what you spend doing before you go to bed. Again, it's different for everybody. Uh, is anybody really bad at, at looking at social media or watching YouTube videos or watching TV like right before bed? Everyone's like, oh, it's church. I don't want to say that. I, sp I spend my last 15 minutes in prayer and reading scripture. I, I, I don't. I, I totally watch YouTube until I go to sleep. Whatever you spend your last 15 minutes doing right before you go to sleep, your brain cycles that repeatedly while you sleep. You remember in school, your teachers always told you to do what right before bed the night before a big test? Was it count, count sheet, pray, yeah. No, you pray 15 minutes before the test. Oh, God, I didn't study. Please give me an A. Uh, my teachers always told me to study right before you went to bed because it was like free studying because whatever you studied right before bed, it just cycled through your brain all night. Good little, uh, good, good little tip there. And then eat a peppermint right before you take the test, and that helps recall memory stuff. Yeah, I don't know how it works, but it does. Hashtag science, hashtag gotta love it. So the reality is that whether you're awake or you're asleep, or asleep 24 hours a day, you are inundated with messaging. And all of that messaging, all of that communication has different aims to tell you different things. This is the best toothpaste, and this one's not. If you see the dress this way, you're right and they're wrong. If you see it that way, you're wrong and they're right. So every moment of our day is spent receiving messaging. And in that we Hear the word from on high today in this transfiguration scene. Say, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And if we're honest, it's hard to listen to that voice amidst all of the other voices that are out there. It's a challenge. It's difficult. It's not easy. 
See, all those other voices out there communicate a myriad of things to you. You're right and they're wrong. You're not big enough. You're not small enough. You're not strong enough or you're too overbearing. And the messaging can go on and on. You don't have enough money. You don't have this product. You don't have this thing. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough, and doggone it, people sure don't like you. That might be some of the messaging. And some of it cuts the other way. Yet in the midst of our busy and chaotic world, again and again, God speaks to us. When you walk out of your house in the morning and you see the flowers, the blades of grass, the trees continuing to grow, continuing to do their thing, we're reminded that God cares for them. And if God cares for a blade of grass or a little flower or a tree, guess who else God cares for? You and me. As we go about our day, that still small voice speaks to us and says, you're mine. You are beloved to me, just the way you are. Amidst all of the chaos and the noise and the loud clanging symbols of life, vying for your attention, there is that still small voice, deep in your gut, resting in your soul, reminding you that you are loved. Again and again, God speaks to us. And again and again, God can be our model. Take Jesus, for example. Jesus was raised in his normal cultural situation, just like all of us find ourselves in our own normal cultural situation. For him, it was first century Palestine, the promised land. He would have grown up spending his days playing, doing chores like fetching water from the well. He would have been taught a trade by his father, Joseph, and from an early age would have uh, gotten up early in the morning and gone to work building things. And late at night would have come home to rest his weary head and get up the next day and do it all over again. In the midst of the busyness of Jesus' life, he would have taken time to go to synagogue he would have taken time to study with the rabbis, to have his parents, his family, and his friends help in the formation process of raising him up to be a good first century Jew. That would have involved teaching him scripture. 
We don't really know when it was, but at some point in Jesus' life, in Jesus' formation, someone sat down and shared with him the words of Psalm 22. Maybe it was a rabbi. Maybe it was his mother or grandmother gently humming the tune that they chanted that psalm to while they did the daily chores. Maybe Joseph recited the psalm to Jesus as they traveled up and down the dusty roads going to do work. We don't know how it was taught to him, but somewhere along the way, Psalm 22 was shared with Jesus. And fast forward to Jesus on the cross. In agonizing pain, being humiliated before the holy city, there the king of the world hung on a cross with Nails literally driven through his bones, suffocating, unable to breathe. The only way for him to take a breath was literally to to wrap his hands around those nails and literally pull himself up in excruciating pain as the metal of those nails would grind against his breaking bones so that he could take a breath. And in the midst of that, Jesus needed to listen to God. And so he recalled that time in his life. Again, whenever it was, we don't know. But he recalled that time when Psalm 22 was shared with him. And in agonizing pain, he pulled himself up on those nails so that he could take a breath, so that he could pass the breath of life over his vocal cords to say these words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now those words seem like words of tremendous despair, and certainly they are. That is where Psalm 22 begins, in absolute despair. And so there in his pain, Jesus recalled listening to God and being able to identify his current struggle with that word of Scripture. But I think beyond just communicating despair, Jesus wanted to utter those words on the cross because he knew how the psalm ended. The psalm ends with God's victory. The psalm ends by saying, God wins. This moment, this pain, this suffering, this is not the ending point. This is not what wins. This is what loses. So in his moment of greatest need, Jesus recalled having listened to God 
whether it be from the voice of his grandmother, the loving hums of his mother, or the gentle teaching of his father. And there Jesus needed to speak the word, certainly to the world, but even to himself. Noting that even though suffering is real, God wins. So my friends, this day amidst all of the messaging that you receive, that's many and varied, know that God speaks to you. Perhaps God's voice sounds to you like a Sunday school teacher or a grandmother or an aunt or a parent. Maybe God's voice sounds like that of a small child singing over and over and over again, Jesus loves me, this I know. However the voice sounds to you, wherever you hear it, listen to that voice. Meditate on that voice. Celebrate that voice. And then join your voice to sharing that word of promise, that word of love, that word of grace, as you go out each and every day. Listen to God. Amen.